0: Welcome to Don't IEP Alone, the only podcast dedicated to helping parents navigate the IEP process and hosted by a special education advocate. Your host has been attending IEP meetings for over a decade and has helped thousands of parents go from an IEP rookie to an IEP all star. Be prepared to learn tips that will be a total game changer for you as a parent advocate and, most importantly, your child's outcomes. Partnered with the award-winning Lock-A-Day in Our Shoes, you'll be confident, knowledgeable, and actually looking forward to your next IEP meeting. Don't IEP alone. Get ready. Here's your host, from suburban Philadelphia, Lisa Leitner.
1: Hey there, and welcome back. We are going to discuss IEP goals today. Exciting, exciting stuff. Um... If you are new to this podcast, then welcome, first of all, but second of all, we have been trudging our way, plodding along through an IEP, going over each section and explaining it and giving tips and things like that, and this is the section on IEP goals. I think I counted 17 or 18 sections total that I would be covering. So each one, you can listen to them all if you want. Each one is designed to stand alone if you only need explanation on that particular area. But then, of course, they all go together as a series to help you, the parent, understand IEPs better. So IEP goals. A few things to remember as we get started. One is that when it comes to anything really on the IEP that you want as a parent, something that you want added to the IEP, whether it be a goal or an intervention, whatever, services, if you... Want it added, of course, you go through the process, you request it in writing, you do it in parent concerns, you discuss it with the team, but like anything else, at some point the school is going to say, you know, this is our final offer, this is what we're offering to put on the IEP, and then you have to... Um, Ask for that information on a PWN and decide what you're going to do with it. Do you hear that, like, chitter-chatter again in the back? That's my darn dogs. Obviously, they need their nails cut. We have all hardwood floors. But for some reason, um, they're really excited about IEP goals, and they just kind of started dancing around when I started this podcast. Go lay down, both of you. Okay, so IEP goals is no different than anything else on the IEP you can ask for something you can request it you can put your request in writing you can demonstrate the need you can you know argue your case as to why you want this on the IEP but at the end of the day the team might just say nope we're not putting that goal on there Um, and then you say that's fine I'd like that on a PWN and then you decide if you want to do the, you know go to mediation or due process over that item um, because I get that question a lot of, how can I get this goal added to the IEP? How can I get that goal added to the IEP? Or I don't want that goal on the IEP. Um, we already discussed present levels. So um, if you haven't listened to that, that is a good one to listen to before this, because of course... Present Levels section is what drives the rest of the IEP. The goals on your child's IEP are going to be based on the needs listed in Present Levels. Okay, that's your second point to remember. And lastly, um, as you're having these discussions with your IEP team and you're in your IEP meeting, um, you know, prioritizing what goals you want, things like that, just please know that there are no, like, have-tos in, oh, my God, they're so noisy. Do you hear them? Go lay down. Um, There are no have-tos in IEP goals. There's no, well, we have to do it this way, or we have to include that, or we can't include that because um, when it comes down to it, a team can put, if it's appropriate for the child, you know, a team can put anything on the IEP. Um, And there is no, we can only have four goals. We can only have um, one goal per discipline. You know, there are no have-tos. IDEA does not define this. It does not say how many IEP goals or how many goals an IEP should have it doesn't list a minimum number it doesn't list a maximum number it doesn't tell you that you can only have you know one goal per whatever um it does not say that in IDEA it's part science and part art because some of our kids have a lot of needs and um My son, I often use him as an example, he is a child with a limited skill set, and ever since he was three years old, he has basically been programmed every Monday through Friday from 8.30 to 5.30. His van comes for him at 8.10 in the morning, and he gets home at 3.30, and then he has a home team that is here from 3.30 to 5.30. So for the past 10 years, he has been, like I said, programmed, and, and his school has a very long ESY program. They don't get much time off in the summer. But my point is that he's he's the kid does 40 hours a week of teaching and instruction and therapy, and we still don't get to all of his areas of need, and he is still behind his peers. There just aren't enough hours in the day for some of our kids to address everything that they need reasonably Um, because of course everybody needs some downtime everybody needs to relax and be able to do fun things as well so you have to be able to prioritize and that's where you know communication is important and that's where you know like I said it's part art part science it's the science of what the assessments say and what evidence based interventions you're going to use, but it's part art and that you have to prioritize because you can't work on You can't necessarily work on everything. Just can't do that for our kids. Um, I have a blog post, of course. um, I have a lot of blog posts on on IEP goals, but there's one. um, I have an IEP goal bank, which is just... A lot of, it's just thousands of IEP goals from different websites, including my own. Some of the IEP goals I wrote myself in and in, in accumulated lists just over the years um, with helping clients. And I linked to other IEP goal banks. But at the bottom of that post, there is a blank blank. Um, what's the word I'm looking for, flowchart, that you can fill in. And it it says, you know, buy, and then you put in the time frame, student will, you put in the skill, and then you put the setting and context, how it's measured, what accuracy, and what supports. So basically what it is is that it's just a blank IEP goal formula so that you can take any skill that you want your child to be working on And you can plug it into this goal formula and it will help you develop a goal. As part of your parent concerns, you should be listing your priorities and things that you want to work on. Um, And again, there is no have to. There's, um, I, I know I've talked often about parents like fall in this hole and they can't see out. But I think that happens sometimes with school staff, too. They just kind of fall in this hole, this IEP hole, and they, they can't see out of it. And it's just kind of like, well, this is how we write goals. You know, these are the goals that we write for kids who have ADHD and so on. Um, and I get it. They're overworked, too, and, and under, under-resourced. And um, sometimes it's completely appropriate to copy and paste a goal and, you know, change the specifics of the goal, but, you know, there's, there are going to be times when it's completely appropriate for some students in the same school to have the same IEP goals because they may have the same needs. Um, again, you want them, if you use the goal formula, and even if you look at your IEP now and look at your goals, you should look at them and see if you can plug them into that formula to make sure that they're measurable. The other piece about goals being measurable is um, one thing that really frustrates me is moving, I call it moving goalposts. And they use one assessment to measure your child's reading ability one year and then three years later when they're due for their reeval, they use a completely different assessment for your child's reading ability so you're looking at this data and it's just completely two different sets of data um and how do you know how do you know what what's been done or, or what progress has been made The same with progress monitoring, Um, especially if they switch buildings. If they have like a reading goal of some kind and then they move buildings and they use a different assessment tool, you know, because they're in middle school now, um, the data doesn't look the same. So you can do a couple of things. One is that you can ask that the child be assessed with – the same assessment tool that was used the grade before, which they're not going to want to do, but you can ask. The other piece is that you, um, you know, we talk about independent evals a lot and asking for an independent eval or paying for one on your own if you disagree with the school's data. Um, independent evaluators are not just for. You know, they do more in a day besides going out and just evaluating kids all day, every day and writing up reports. They do lots of other things. And you can call a reading person or, you know, an independent evaluator who specializes in reading, a neuropsych, something like that. You can call and ask them to do a record review for your child and ask to pay for a consult to have them explain it to you. You can do that. Um, that way you know that the goals are appropriate or that your child is making progress. And I'm getting kind of getting off topic a little bit and getting more into progress monitoring than goals, but I just find that goals are sometimes written based on data that parents just don't understand. So you can ask the school to explain it to you um and like I said, you can pay an independent evaluator to for a consult and ask them to explain it to you um, but it just might be one of those things where you just have to kind of swallow your pride. I know in the in the i e p process, a lot of times it's a power struggle um you want to appear confident, you want to appear knowledgeable so so a lot of parents struggle in asking for help in certain things, but you know what, ask for help. Say, you know what, I do not understand the diables. Can you explain that to me? Um, you know, can we make an appointment to talk on the phone or can you send me some information or, you know, if nothing else, network with other parents, um, network with like decoding dyslexia or whatever group is, is appropriate for your child's needs and have some of those parents explain it to you. Um, because goals can kind of be... I mean, they, they can just be confusing if you don't know what the benchmarks are. Um, some states... This throws parents a lot. A lot of parents, I find, are just uncomfortable with the idea of short-term objectives, and I'm, I'm not really sure I understand that or understand why. Um... Some states, mine included, if – I forget what their guideline is. If it's for children who are intellectually disabled or if it's for children, students, who are not taking the statewide assessment. Um, Like my child does not take the statewide assessment that we talked about the other day. He takes the alternative assessment. And because of that, some, anyway, there are certain populations that my state requires that you not only have goals, but you have objectives. So that might actually be a case of if the parent says, well, I don't like these objectives, I don't want them on there. And if the school says, well, we have to put them on there, um, that is a have to. In some states, they do have to include objectives. Another section of parents get so wrapped up in the IEP goals because I think you look at these IEP goals full of hope and that, you know, okay, this is what my child's going to do this year and I'm excited about that and I'm excited about them being making progress. Um, but what is also in the goals section is the progress monitoring section. And most blank IEPs have a section where it will list the goal and all that other stuff. But um, I'm looking for, I'm just looking at a different IEP for right now. I'm looking at the Delaware one to see if it's on there. Um, huh? It's not on Delaware's, is it? Related services. Okay, it's not on that one. Anyway, um, on many blank IEP forms, there's a section that it says, how will progress be monitored? And like I said, that just kind of gets overlooked a lot because everyone's so focused on the goal, and I don't want you to overlook it because I've found that the default setting or the default description in that blocks is, in that in those blocks is um, marking period, like progress will be reported to parents when report cards you know it basically it's some generic saying that says that they will notify you of your child's progress whenever they're doing report cards and that's it so if you want a different type of progress monitoring if you want more frequent frequent progress monitoring make sure that gets put in there because there isn't a separate section to my knowledge um there isn't a separate section for progress monitoring that says this is how it will happen. Um, Let's see. What else? Um, Give me one second. Okay, so make sure your progress monitoring is adequately assessed in in that, if that makes sense. Um, I've also looked at. I know I told you all I was looking at Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware forms. I did look up California forms, and I realized that not every school district in the state and there's you know there's a ton of IEP software out there. Of course, you know. Necessity is the is the what mother of invention and all that so since IEPs are such a big thing in schools now with almost 15 to 20 percent of kids having an IEP um, of course there are companies who want to cash in on that and they develop this IEP writing software so some schools will purchase a software program and will use that and they will not use the state form or they'll just develop their own form whatever um, IDEA does not define what software or what form you a district has to use so anyway I'm just going off what what I can so I looked at a California form and California also has progress monitoring on their goals on their IEP goals they have a section of it Um, A section for it so you want to make sure that gets defined but they also have something pretty cool that I wish other states would adopt Um, and their goal form has a little space for the area of need it has a box to fill out for baseline which I love Um, but also it has another box with some check boxes and one of them is that you can check the box that says addresses other educational needs resulting from the disability. So I, I really like that because I think that you can address more than one need with one goal. And I think teams are reluctant to identify every area of need for a child because then they feel pressure to develop a goal for every area of need. But you could have one goal that might address two or three different things. And I like that California, the California form, allows you to define that and say, you know, that yeah, we're going to address more than one need. To me, that, that means that your present level section is more likely to be thorough and accurate. Um, because I'm sure as soon as a parent asks for an eval for present, you know, and it's, there's going to be another area of need. I know what people think. Uh, if we identify another area of need, then that means we're going to have to do a whole another goal. And then that means there's going to be more supports and services. Um, and I get it. The, the kids are only there, you know, 180 days a year, six hours a day. So that's not a ton of time. So, IEP goals. Team can write them together. It's not uncommon to have you know one staff person, you know, to have the teacher write the academic goals, have the OT write the fine motor goals, have the speech therapist write the speech goals. Um, but the team should all be in agreement. Um, there's no minimum or maximum. Learn to prioritize. And like anything else, you know, keep your paper trail, stay involved, stay engaged, and um, unfortunately, use your procedural safeguards if necessary. And I think that's it. Okay, next up will be SDIs or support services, strategies, all that fun stuff. Um, I have a ton of blog posts on adayinourshoes.com about IEP goals So if you need further information, um, take a look there. Thanks, and have a great rest of your day.
0: Thanks for listening to the Don't IEP Alone podcast. No parent should have to IEP alone, and with A Day in Our Shoes, you don't have to. For more IEP assistance and letter templates, visit adayinourshoes.com. For ongoing assistance and support, follow our Facebook page and group. wake.